You are listening to the Prosperous Pet Business Podcast with pet business coach Kristen Morrison, episode number 63. Welcome to the Prosperous Pet Business Podcast, where it's all about pet business challenges, real coaching, and real solutions to help you thrive in your pet business and in your life. And now, here's your host, pet business coach Kristen Morrison. Want to take what you're learning from the podcast and begin to apply it in your own pet business so you can see powerful results? The Pet Business Online Course Learning Platform can help you do that. You'll find instant access courses that can help you launch or grow your pet business starting right now. You can watch, listen, and learn from the courses right now or whenever works best for you and from wherever you're at in the world. The How to Start Your Pet Sitting and Dog Walking Business in 7 Days online course gives you step-by-step instruction and comprehensive tools to help you launch your own pet care business and get paying clients in just one week. The four-week Pet Business Catapult program provides a weekly comprehensive plan to help you create systems and strategies so you can work on your business instead of in your business. You'll also learn exactly what you need to find, hire, and train quality staff and attract high-paying, profitable clients. With these classes and the many other online classes you'll find on the course platform, you can take your pet business to a new level of growth and success starting right now. Go to PetBusinessCourses.com. That's PetBusinessCourses.com or use the online learning platform link in the show notes page to start transforming your pet business right now. You'll find many classes for all your business needs, including how to get your website higher on the search engines and how to use Facebook marketing to grow your pet business, plus many others. New courses are added monthly. These online courses provide solutions and actionable steps so you can quickly take your business to a new level of growth and profitability. And you'll receive your courses in less than 60 seconds after ordering. To find out more, go to PetBusinessCourses.com. Hi, pet business owners. I hope you are doing really well today. I'm so happy to be with you today. And I want to let you know, I just got back for my two-week retreat, and it was incredible. I haven't been away for two weeks, um, just mostly luxuriating. <laughs> I did a little bit of work, but mostly I was just really enjoying my time away and got a lot of massages, and I was at a health retreat that I go to once or twice a year, usually twice a year, And it is just such a wonderful spot for me. I I just love it so much. And so it was such a big treat to get to spend two weeks this time and just really kind of soak it in and read books in the sun and just do yoga and get massages. And the food is very healthy. It's um, organic raw food <laughs> and juicing three three days a week and it, oh it's just so wonderful so I am feeling really good after having had that great opportunity to, to get away for a couple weeks and I hope you're doing really well I feel really recharged and if you don't have anything on the horizon that looks like some relaxation for you I really want to encourage you to you know, schedule it. There's something so powerful about 
scheduling something and making that commitment to yourself and then it it happens things fall into place and you know you kind of make it happen and so that's what I did even though it felt like a long time to be away it it was really the right thing for me and I I feel very refreshed and renewed so yay I am back And um, I wanted to share a couple online events that are upcoming that are happening soon. One is a webinar that's actually happening tonight. And that is how to start and run a pet sitting and dog walking business. Again, that is tonight. And by tonight, I mean February 25th. This podcast is released in the morning here on Tuesday, February 25th. And Uh, The webinar is happening tonight at 5 p.m. So if you are interested in finding out more about how to start and run a pet sitting and dog walking business from wherever you are at in the world, you can check the show notes at prosperouspetbusiness.com slash podcast 63. Again, that's prosperouspetbusiness.com slash podcast podcast 63 and that's the number 63. You can also visit the webinar and workshop page on the Prosperous Pet Business site. And the other thing I wanted to share is the 30-day pet sitting and dog walking business challenge is happening in June. It starts June 1st. There is a very big early bird discount for those of you who sign up between now and April 1st. So there's just a bit of time here to get your early bird discount. So I want to encourage you to check that out. And that link will be in the show notes as well. The other thing I want to share with you is that I am offering the 8th annual Pet and Book Photo Contest. This is for those of you who have any of my paperback books, or even the books on Kindle, or even Audible, you can take a picture. You know, a lot of people, what they do is they submit a picture of the book with a pet, or, you know, with them and a pet, or lots of pets, you know, whatever you want to do, but that does start today. And so I want to encourage you to submit your pictures And you can win big prizes, including a coaching session with me, business products, including the hiring handbook or the hiring kit for pet sitters and dog walkers or the business startup kit. There are lots of items that you can can win if your picture wins. And there are first, second, and third place winners. So I really, really want to encourage you to do that. It's a lot of fun. It does end on March 31st. So I really encourage you. Some people think, oh, I'll wait to do it, but they wait too long and it's over and they've missed the opportunity to potentially win big prizes as well as get a little bit of publicity. You know, it can be fun to post your picture and, you know, have me tag you and all of that. Also fun to have your pet, you know, be profiled. So if you're interested, which I hope you are, if you have one of my five books, the way you submit your picture is you can either post it on Facebook and tag me or on Instagram and tag me. That'll alert me that you've, 
submitted a picture. But at the same time, I also encourage you to email me as well in case I don't see the tag because I want to make sure that your photo submission gets actually sent to me. So you can email me at admin at prosperouspetbusiness.com. That's A-D-M-I-N at prosperouspetbusiness.com. And that's a great way to submit your picture. And I would love to see your pet. I've had people take amazing pictures, you know, of pigs with one of my books, um, donkeys, lots of dogs, lots of cats, birds, an iguana, you know, people get kind of crazy goats in my books. Oh, it's just, it's hilarious. I just would love to receive your pictures. That would be a lot of fun to get. And every year, this is one of my favorite times of year because I have the photo contest and it's just such a blast to receive your pictures with my books. So please submit them and you will be entered to potentially win big prizes. And the way the contest works in terms of the winners is I send out a survey to all of my email newsletter subscribers. And so they get to vote on their top favorite. They only get to vote for one. And so of those submissions, of those survey submissions, then a first, second, and third place winner gets announced. So that's the way it happens. It's super fun. I often have a lot of people submitting. You can only submit one picture per person. So just so you know about that. Okay, so I want to dive into today's segment, and I do want to let you know that before I share what it's about, you know, and who's on here, I want to let you know that there is a bit of some audio glitches at certain points in this interview. So I'm sorry about that. I was considering not airing this because of that. However, the information that Victoria Stillwell, world-renowned dog trainer, um, she's in the show, it's me or the dog on HBO. She's just really world-renowned in terms of dog training and a great dog trainer. I interviewed her for the Prosperous Pet Business podcast in 2017, and this is that segment. I wanted to share it with you. So again, I thought about not airing it, for the podcast because of the audio glitches that you're going to hear, but her information was so good that I thought, you know what, I'm just going to do it because I think you guys need to hear it, if you choose to, of course. So if you can just bear with some of the audio glitches that you hear, I think you'll find by the end that it was absolutely worth it. And you can find out more about Victoria by going to her website, which is Positively. It's simply spelled out P-O-S-I-T-I-V-E-L-Y.com. That is her website, Positively. And she does positive reinforcement training. She also has the Victoria Stillwell Academy for dog training and behavior. So that's something you can check out. I will have links to her information in the show notes. Again, that show note page is at prosperouspetbusiness.com slash podcast 
63. So in this segment, you're going to hear about tips to help your clients determine what dog breed would be a good fit. Those of you that are pet sitters and dog walkers or maybe even dog trainers may have had people say, what kind of dog should I get? You know, I live in an apartment. What kind of dog should I get? You know, this is the kind of lifestyle I have. What kind of dog should I get? So Victoria shares some information about that. She also shares about how pet professionals can most effectively work with shy dogs. Shy dogs can be challenging. They can also be a bit aggressive because they're afraid. And so she talks about how best to work with them. And also she talks about the fine art of introducing a cat into a dog and human household. She is, in addition to being a dog trainer, she also very much loves cats. And so she's very experienced with that as well. And then the best equipment and tools to use for strong dogs who pull on a leash. I know some of you dog walkers have complained to me in your coaching sessions about that and how challenging that can be. And so you'll find information about that. And then last but not least, you're going to learn whether it's really possible for an old dog to learn new tricks. So, and there's also a lot more, but those that's the gist of what you're going to learn in this interview with Victoria Stillwell. So here is Victoria on the Prosperous Pet Business online conference interview, and I'm airing it today for you podcast listeners, and I will see you on the other side of this interview. I hope you enjoy it. I am here with Victoria Stillwell. She is an animal planet expert. She's written dog training books. She is just incredible. She's an amazing dog training academy, and I'm just thrilled to have you here today, Victoria. Thank you for having me. It's good to be here again. Yes, it's wonderful. So I want to dive in. We get a lot of pet business owners who have clients who ask them about, you know, what breed should I get for my lifestyle for the kind of house I live in and some pet business owners are kind of stumped by that. So what, what do you say to those pet business owners who get asked that? Yes, I think it's hard because, you know, uh, everybody's different. Every environment is different. And so, I mean, you can generally say, you can make generalizations that if you live in the middle of the city, then don't get a border collie. Right. Um, you can say that if you live in a tiny apartment with lots of stairs, maybe best not to get a Great Dane, things like that. But really, I think it's taking a look at your lifestyle, finding out, you know, do you have an active lifestyle or are you more sedentary? What kind of dog do you think will benefit that lifestyle? And also, Will your lifestyle benefit that dog? As it's this is a two-way conversation. So we got to make sure that the dog is happy and that the human's happy. And you can look at various breeds, what various breeds are bred for. So if you just want a hangout dog, then maybe you don't want to go for a German Shepherd. Right? Mm-hmm. But there are so many variables within breed or mix of breeds. That's what makes it hard. And I generally like to say, if if a dog could sit down and interview you, 
what would you be able to offer it? That's what I always tell my people who come up and ask me, you know, what kind of breeder I should get. Well, what what could you offer it? Make a list of that. Mm-hmm. And then go on these breed websites and find out, you know, okay, does the generalization of this breed match kind of what I'm looking for? Mm-hmm. That and then funny. I would say go to your local shelter, please, first before mm-hmm. going to a breeder. Yeah, I'm a big proponent of rescue dogs. They're just, uh, they're wonderful. So I also wanted to ask you in terms of dog trainers that are positive-based, they have positive-based training methods, which I know is what you mm-hmm. teach and offer and, and recommend. Um, what about those positive-based trainers who are dealing with, or even positive-based pet business owners, dog walkers, pet sitters, who are dealing with clients who perhaps are into force, like dominating their dog, forcing? How can they best deal with those particular clients? Any of you had asked me that question even, gosh, probably five years ago, I would have been much more forceful than I am now with regards to the way that I dealt with it. Um, But I find that actually shaming anybody or telling them they're wrong or getting angry about it or saying they're cruel will just encourage them just to get defensive and put up that wall and that's it. You won't get through to them. Understanding that most people don't want to hurt their dogs and most people just don't know. It's a choice that they make. They've been told by a professional, somebody who calls themselves a professional. And so rather than kind of coming in all guns blazing, you have to say, okay, well, uh, I appreciate that that's what you've been told and that's what you're doing, but I'd like to show you another way. And I think that's the key is solution orientated training. Uh, if People have got to see that it works. So you can guide them into making a different decision. You can say, look, I've got something else for you rather than using a prong collar. Uh, your dog has a pulling issue. I totally get that. I, I absolutely agree. Uh, and I want to give you another way you could potentially help your dog not pull on the leash. There's a, this is a, a no-pull harness, for example. And um, the reason why I like to use these better is that it takes pressure off the sense of neck and doesn't damage the thyroid glands and the salivary glands that could potentially cause your dog problems in the future, mm-hmm. now or in the future. When you describe it to people like that, then you'll get buy-in. Mm-hmm. That's what I say. Just just educate. I don't, don't patronize. Educate and give them other solutions. Mm-hmm. And then hopefully they'll see that those other solutions work better. Yeah. And then, you know, hopefully they, they choose a different path. Right. But that's for equipment. For actual methods. Um, here's where I see a massive difference. And the difference I see from the traditional force training to the positive training, humane training, is there is a difference in emotional stability. Dogs that are more forcefully trained tend to be more anxious and stressed can exacerbate aggressive response. Dogs that are trained in a more positive way, a humane way, tend to be more emotionally balanced, less anxious, less stressed, and therefore less uh, chance of aggressive response. So you can choose which path you want to go down because 
you're, you know, you're the dominant species. You can absolutely choose. Here's what I would choose. I would want my dog to, I just want a team. I want a dog to cooperate with me and listen to me. And I want a relationship based on cooperation, not domination. Yeah. And, but again, ask them to choose. Say, Mm -hmm. if it's your choice to go down the other road, I'm not trainer for you. Mm -hmm. And, um, but I really hope you choose this path because emotional stability is very important. And the number one reason why it's important is important for safety. So we want our dogs to be safe around the general public. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's why I choose positive training. Mm-hmm. That's great. And so in terms of equipment, you were mes- mentioning harnesses, um, which I've used and with great success with dogs that pull. Are there specific ones that you recommend or any other pieces of equipment that would be helpful for dogs? Yeah, actually, um, seriously, I just have my harness here, but <laughs> didn't even put it here. I'm surrounded by dog paraphernalia, but I have a no-pull harness. Uh-huh. When you lead a, a dog by the chest, the chest is the center of gravity. Now, in a regular harness, the dog can pull against that harness. It's actually quite reinforcing that pulling. But when you actually attach the leash to the chest, mm-hmm. there's a clip on the chest, and you lead the dog by the chest, then A, it takes pressure off that neck, but B, when the dog tries to pull, its head its uh, body just comes around. Mm-hmm. So um, in a way, it's much better. And I've designed, um, I'll show you the harness that I've designed, which there isn't another one out there like this. Mm-hmm. Um, it has, inf- it, it, see, normal harnesses. So let's take this as a harness, okay? Okay. Normal harnesses have a connection point on the back, which yep. is what we do, and a loop here on the front by the chest. Well, what happens when it's a normal harness is that when the dog pulls, there's natural play in any harness. So that loop that's right in the center of the chest comes over to the side mm-hmm. of the dog and therefore you're losing the no-pull action. So then what I did is that I designed a harness that has two clips. Mm-hmm. So when you're walking the dog, let's say you're walking the dog on this side, uh-huh. you attach your leash to the far end loop. So when the dog pulls, The natural play in the harness means that the loop comes to the center of the chest. And then if you're walking the dog on the other side, you attach the leash to this loop. Uh And then if the dog pulls, it comes down to the center of the chest. So you can see if, you know, if I wear it, you can see that it lands like that. So the dog pulls, this comes over to the middle. The dog pulls, this comes over. Do you see what I mean? So you're not losing that no-pull action that you might lose with other harnesses that just have one loop in the middle here and I designed it because I was frustrated with the harnesses out there that had the no pull effect but not enough mm-hmm. and so that's why I designed this it does mean you have to walk your dog on either side you have to keep your dog on either side but um we have a two leash two point uh leash so one end attaches to this end and one end attaches to which it's a really great solution the limit pulling yeah. Some it stops it completely, but I always say there's no substitute for training. Yeah. So you can use it to help you get to the point where your dog doesn't pull anymore and then just use it like a regular harness. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Thank you for demonstrating that. That's great. I like the clips on, on either side. That's really clever. Thank you. Yeah. So pet sitters, dog walkers who are working with dogs, client dogs, 
and have some behavior training, you know, does it make sense for them to work with those dogs, even though they realize that perhaps the clients are going to be reinforcing the training? You know, consistency is key. So I do think it's really important that um, whoever's working with the dog, that they are as consistent as possible with what's being done by the family, Mm -hmm. as long as hopefully what the family is doing is right. And uh, I think it's vitally important for pet sitters and walkers who are spending a lot of time with the dogs to be able to do the same thing, similar thing, and therefore the dog learns easier that way. Right. What if the client just isn't willing or can't due to a really busy schedule or something, They or they have many excuses, <laughs> yes. and they're just not reinforcing the training. Does it make sense then for the pet professional to continue with that training? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I Yes, yes, yes. If the, if the person can't do it, it, which is a shame, and, you know, you're not alone. There's loads of people who can't, who, who can't, won't, don't have the time. Yeah. Uh, you do it. You do it. Uh-huh. Because I think if you're there, certainly if you're with the dog every day or if you're with the dog for a certain amount of time, you do it. Yep. And I'm sure your client will be very happy that you're actually encouraging their dog to have better behavior mm-hmm. as long as you know what you're doing. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's why I said they have some training. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yes. Making it up. Yeah. So going a different route and bringing cats into the, the questions here. I know you have two kitties. Little I do. Cats. <laughs> I do. Oh, They'll come over here. Yeah. They're playing right now. Yeah. Oh, we so cute. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. how do you best introduce cats into a dog household? What's the best way to do that? Okay. Um, slowly. And with separation at first, crates, baby gates, wonderful things that you can have. And I do that for a good week of, of having cats and dogs on either side of a crate or a, or a, a baby gate um, so that they can see each other, they can smell each other, they can get used to each other. And there's positive interactions on both sides. Uh, I also encourage in that week, encourage the cat to seek high places as well. So I'll have cat trees um, where the the cats can go so that they have their safe zones. And I also uh, will keep in mind that dogs need safe zones too, because some cats can be bullies, so that uh, I will really manage the interactions with them to begin with, just to make sure. And then after about a week, I will hopefully... I'll have the dog on the lead, very nice loose lead or leash, and then I will let them say hello. Hopefully by then you'll know if your dog is reacting negatively or positively. If you've got a dog that is really wanting to get through that crate or really wanting to get through that fence, that baby gate to that cat, maybe it's not a great idea to have a cat. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yes. You should really hopefully know if your dog is good with cats before you actually go get a cat mm-hmm. so with these kittens i don't ever have the dogs in here at all when these kittens are around when they're in the crate the dogs can come and say hello and they can nose each other through the crate but these kittens are too small they're five weeks old yeah and they didn't have a mom so for very very tiny ones no 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 
they, they don't they don't have interaction at all apart yeah. from where there's some separation I had a friend who lives in Hawaii and they had two cats and they got a border collie from the Hawaii animal shelter. Amazing. You would love this dog. Her name is Mahana. Super smart, but has a real strong predatory drive. And they brought the dog home. She was about a year, I think, when they brought her home. And she just went off. I mean, they did some of that. And then after a week or so, she went after the cats. And, you know, for all these years, it's been like seven years now, they have to separate mm. the dog and the cat. And, oh, it's just. Yeah, that's fun. why, you know, unfortunately, that can happen. And it's not fair for the dog either. It's not fair for the cats. It's not fair for the dog. So I know with the best of intentions, people like to adopt animals and, oh, you know, my dog can have a cat friend and my cat can have a dog friend or my dog can have a dog friend. Yeah. Well, you Maybe your dog didn't ask for it. Maybe yeah. your cat didn't ask for it. So really make sure that your dog is going to appreciate friends and cats are going to appreciate that before you bring another one in. I just had that with somebody who's had got rabbits. Oh. They were, uh, one of the kids was upset that a rabbit seemed to be very lonely. So they got another rabbit. Now what's happening? Two rabbits are not getting along. Then I said, look, rabbits are relatively solitary animals. And yes, yeah, some of them do fine in groups, but um, this just did not work out. So don't just think that your bunny wants, you know, a rabbit friend, for example. Sometimes, <laughs> no. Yes. <laughs> thinking, you know, I'm thinking back to Mahana, the border collie. Again, her strong predatory drive. I love this dog, which is why I'm bringing her up. And, and the owners just are smitten with her, as they should be. She's incredible. But she chases mongoose, too. So she, she just has... She has a, high prey drive, yeah. Yeah, and, and they've tried to work with her. Is there anything? Can you teach an old dog new tricks in terms well, of that? For all my dogs that have high chase, prey drive, whatever, it's all drive, whatever you yeah. want to call it. Um, I will teach them that it's okay to chase things, but only on my cue. Mm -hmm. So, and I start doing that by using um, what's called a flirt pole. We have a pole. And then at the end of that is, it's like a lunging whip. It's not a whip for the dogs, but it's lunging whip. And you put on the end toy mm -hmm. and then you sort of whirl it around. So the dog chases the toy. It's really fun and really exciting. It's a great activity for these dogs. But then you teach them that they cannot chase until you cue it. So you teach a wait or you, then you teach a go chase. So that's really great to use because then you can take it out to an area where now you've trained it so well that when you say wait, dogs are not allowed to chase. Now you go, you're in a park or somewhere else. You don't want the dog to chase something. That's when you can use the wait. And hopefully you've proofed it enough that it works outside. Never forgetting, though, that for these animals that are so driven like this, the best thing in the world is to chase something. Mm -hmm. So if you can utilize something positive they can chase rather than something negative, then you're kind of halfway there. They're always realizing that instinct can take over. It can take over at a moment's notice. But you have to be on top of these kind of dogs. Don't them. Don't let them around mm -hmm. small animals. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So 
Is there a way then? I mean, I'm hearing you say that for some dogs, there is that risk where you just, you can't fully trust them. I think, you know, we've domesticated these animals over thousands of years. Yeah. But let's never forget, they are still dogs. They are still a predatory species. They are very successful, not only because they've aligned themselves with the most dangerous predator on the planet, which is us, mm -hmm. um, but they are predators in their own right. They hunt. That's what they're bred to do. That's what they're supposed to do. And in many breeds, certainly the ones that are still bred to chase and to, to hunt and to seek, like, border, like collies, border collies, then, you know, never forget that that's in them. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you might actually be asking too much. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I agree. And then, then, then you just have to manage the issue. The dog yeah. is never out except on a leash yeah. um, or a long line or something like that. Mm -hmm. so. That's what they do with Mahana. I mean, they're just yeah. super vigilant as they should yeah. be. <laughs> yeah. So thinking about pet professionals who oftentimes have to deal with shy dogs, which can be aggressive. They can be aggressive as a way to take care of themselves mm -hmm. in terms of their shyness. How can they best, pet professionals best deal with shy dogs? Yeah. Well, there's, it depends on how shy uh, you know, if you've got a dog that really doesn't want to go out for a walk or doesn't want to interact with you, then just, you know, you have to go slow. You have to see where you can get to on any given day. I remember that I had this uh, dog in London when I was pet sitting and her name was Pirate. She was a Jack Russell and she was, didn't want to say hello to me, did not want to come near me. It took me nine hours oh. for, for her to come up to me. But what I did was kind of ignore her, uh -huh. <laughs> just go about the house, do my things, work a little bit, uh, go out in the in the yard, um, to just do what I could to sort of get her used to the fact that I was there mm -hmm. and not put pressure on her. I think what the mistake people make is that they really want to establish a relationship. Mm -hmm. And so they'll go up and they'll try and lean over and they'll try to touch them. And, and that might not be for a really shy dog the way to go. For dogs that are just kind of a little shy, use whatever motivates them. So we're we talking about, do they have a favorite toy? Do they have the jackpot reward, the best mm -hmm. food ever? Mm -hmm. And you can be the provider of that. You will find that for dogs that are just a little shy, this absolutely can bring them around. Mm -hmm. And what about dogs that aren't food motivated? Toys. Toys, okay. Toys, you bet. Toys, toys, toys. Now, there are some dogs that aren't toy motivated, but every dog is motivated by something. Mm -hmm. So it might be the fact of, look, we're going to go out for a walk. Here's your lead, mm -hmm. your leash. Let's go out for a walk. And then you might have a dog that comes up to the door and you can put the leash on and there you go. Mm -hmm. you know, so that's what we call a life reward. So use whatever you think. Um, if the dog doesn't want just a boring old toy, well, then play with the toy. The dog might like a game of tug or something or really like a squeaky toy rather than one that's just doesn't squeak. Yeah. So you have to find the kind of Achilles heel, I say, find what the dog really likes and then use it. Yeah. And we all have that as humans too. So we can relate to that. Like what motivates us and to think, okay, dogs have that too. And we just have yeah. to find it. Yeah. That's great. I love that. I have a kitten coming up on my, oh, let's right see. Now. 
Yeah. 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 Oh. We're in front of them right now. Hi. This oh. is, I think this one, wait a second, this one is, <laughs> this one is um, Luna. Luna, you yeah. are so sweet. Yeah, does yeah. she have blue eyes? It looks like she, she does. does. Yeah, she's pretty girl. That's Luna. Oh, hi, they Luna. like just to stay on my lap. And oh. then here we have um, little Poppy here. Poppy's oh. slightly smaller than her sister. Oh, I can see that. Hi. Yeah. But they're oh. lovely. They are. So we've, uh, you know, that's where, if you hear the meowing, that's, yeah, what, that's, that's what's making it. Oh, what inspired you to want to take on some foster kitties? Well, my husband's allergic to cats. We actually did have a cat when my daughter was born, so um, but he is severely allergic to them. Uh -huh. The kittens, it's a little easier. So we can't actually have a cat in the house. But um, it was also good to teach my kids some responsibility. Yeah. And, um, okay, well, if you want to do this and you want to have kittens, then you're going to look after them. Yeah. And we're going to get kittens that need a home. So these ones came in without their mom, and I've worked with different shelters around where I live so that they have kittens that we don't have a mom. We take them in until they're ready to go back to the shelter to be adopted. Wow. That's so, a yeah. lot of work because you have to wake up in the middle of the night, right? Well, it depends on how old they are. When you okay. have really young kittens that are still being bottle fed, yes, yeah. you do. Okay. You have to, and then, or you do a really late feeding around 2 a.m. And then, okay. uh, um, and normally you can kind of get family members to help you. So, yeah. uh, but yes, you do. Now with these ones, they're, they're on solid. So they're oh. pretty much, yeah, they get so, fed three times a day. So will they go back at about eight, nine, ten weeks? Yes, they do. They have to get to two pounds because, you know, every shelter, no shelter is going to let kittens go without spaying and neutering them. So yeah. if you pedomorphic uh, or pediatric spay and neuter, it's mm -hmm. because very young. Oh, they're so um, sweet. But, um, but yeah, the shelter is great that I work with. And Aww. these just kittens they love and we socialize them. You know, we teach them to be very social, teach them play. We teach them just like I would with puppies. Yeah. Do you think it'll be hard for your kids to let them go yeah yeah sure we've done this is our fourth lot of kittens it's okay. always hard we always have loads of pictures and videos and stuff she knows my daughter knows that we did a good thing and then they yeah. got a good homes and we'll have space now to take on some other kittens and of course it's kitten season coming up yeah totally so uh please don't let your cats outside mm -hmm. stay new to your cats please 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 so that we don't have well we don't have to do this we love doing it but we don't want to have to do it yeah so what's the best business advice you've ever been given or that you've ever read in a book and utilized in your own company? Here's the best, best business advice. Um, you've got to, you've got to find your why. And um, a lot of, I've heard this from a lot of people and especially from one of the people that I work with, um, a woman called Nicole Smith with working um, with dog. Uh -huh. And, um, she is, you've got to find out your why. What's your, what is your why? Is it your passion? Why are you doing this? Because mm -hmm. I think without that, without that passion, the how becomes a lot harder. Mm -hmm. So it's the why first, then it's the how. How do you now put your passion out there? How do you do your passion? Um, and then everything else follows on from that. Mm -hmm. Find your why. Yeah. And, you know, having owned, I owned my pet sitting company for 18 years and I sold it a few years ago, but my why really changed. 
you know, it started out mm-hmm. a very different why than it was mm-hmm. say nine years in and then 18 years in. Mm-hmm. So I love that advice. I think it's so yes. important and it really does fuel the passion, I think. Yeah. And, and it does. And you know what? It, it doesn't matter if it does change yeah. either. You know, I started, I started as an actor and, um, and then I started dog walking mm-hmm. and I did both simultaneously and then started training and carried on doing both simultaneously. And then it was only after my dog walking and dog sitting that I became a trainer. And then I did that, the theater for a while. And then I decided to become a trainer full time. Yeah. And then my, so that my why changed. And now it's to the point where now we were doing a lot more video. We're doing a lot more production. We want to really highlight other animal issues Mm-hmm. So our, our why is still humane and changing dogs' lives positively, but it's also being able to spread the word about other animal issues as well. So it doesn't matter if your why changes. Yeah. And it can all it can all sort of go together. Uh-huh. So the second question is, and I know you're you've got a really busy schedule. I really appreciate you taking time today. It's amazing and wonderful, and I'm very grateful. You're welcome. So given that you know, how do you recharge? Like, you know, when you've had a really busy week, what do you do to recharge? I know the kittens well, help. Well, they do. And I think that, you know, depending on family and depending on who you have around you is spend time with your family as much as you can and, and get away from your, from it, life doesn't always have to be about dogs. It doesn't always have to be about your business. And I think that's an issue with us, with our business owners. When we have a business and we're running our own business, getting away from it, it's 24-7 because it's always there. I mean, look, I'm in my house. I'm in my study. Yeah, I have got kittens. But my business is here. Yeah. So I can't get away from my business. Yeah. And I have to actually make conscious effort. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that's away. get away. Yes. To go and do something completely different. Don't yeah. make your whole life your business. I mean, totally. As a business owner, you know what it's like to, you're consumed by it. Yeah. And and it will consume you. Yeah. You must go off and do something. Don't make it your whole life. Go off and do something different for a while. Yep. It's funny because I was, I, I was working with a, a pet business owner. I do a lot of coaching for pet business owners. And, and, you know, I was talking about that with a particular uh, dog walker and she was, so stressed, so tired of her business. And I said, what can you do that would really help you relax? She said, I'd love to see a movie. And I said, okay, see a movie, but not anything related to dogs. (laughs) (laughs) Any other kind of movie? And she's like, okay, great. Because even that, you know, when we, like everything in our life is about dogs, we don't get that chance to just be a human again. Sometimes, uh, I agree, sometimes with the best of intentions, I'm like, I'm not going to talk about dogs today. Totally. I don't want to know. I'm not going to talk about behavior. I'm not going to answer my phone. I'm, not, I'm just not. I need a break from dogs. Totally. And then I go get kittens. No, yeah. okay, that's, that's great. Oh, Victoria, thank you so much. So You're welcome. You have this incredible dog training academy. Can you tell us a little bit about that and how people can find out about your work? Yes. Um, it's the Victoria Still Academy for Dog Training and Behavior. Mm-hmm. I am very, I mean, this has been a passion of mine for a long time. We finally, so we've got, we're, we've got our fourth group of students. Mm. 
uh, I just have just started. It's it's been my absolute desire to see or to give a course, a really good foundation course for people who want to be dog trainers mm -hmm. or for groomers, mm -hmm. walk uh, dog walkers, pet sitters, or any person that's in the animal care industry to provide a course where they can truly learn mm -hmm. not just how to train dogs mm -hmm. but how to understand dogs mm -hmm. about how to work with behavior and understand a dog's cognitive process not only that how to run a business mm -hmm. how to deal with marketing mm -hmm. and social media how to be really good with people Mm -hmm. because you need that whatever kind of animal care profession you're doing you need to you need to be that it's not good enough just to like animals totally you've got to be able to like people too because that's who you're going to be dealing with a lot of the time True. and so we developed this course over five years and i have to say it's an amazing course because it tackles from all sides how you know if you want to be a dog trainer or you want to just learn more it's mm -hmm. the perfect course so We have, we have our next course of students starting. Mm -hmm. um, we normally have our school in Atlanta, mm -hmm. but we are going to be on the West Coast. Oh. Um, in, uh, and that class will be starting in October. Mm -hmm. So if you want to find more information, you go to vsdogtrainingacademy.com. Mm -hmm. vsdogtrainingacademy.com. You'll be able to, if you see on the homepage on the left-hand side, you'll be able to see course dates. Click on that, and that will tell you when the course is next going to happen but yeah we've had a lot of students go through already and we're very proud of it well I've heard great things about it I thank you people have been talking about it on Facebook and it's just been really fun to hear their really positive experiences in taking it so thank you for offering that it's great thank you yeah all right my dear well thank you so much for your time and energy and Showing us your kittens. <laughs> yes. Yeah, they're here. And I'm going to show you. I'm going to do a shameless plug if you don't mind. I don't mind this is all. what I. This is what blood, sweat, and tears. This came out in October. So oh. you want to learn more about cognition. Yeah. And it's not a training book. This is learning about more what's going on inside your dog's mind. Oh. Secret language of dogs is my That's book that I great. wrote. I love it. really title. tells you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, it tells you because, you know, a lot of people will be able to see Mm -hmm. language in their dogs but they might not understand the more subtle mm -hmm. stuff and there's some really in the last 10 years especially the study of dogs or canine cognition has exploded mm -hmm. and so some of the latest findings are in this book how you can find your dog's learning style you can understand how your dog thinks perceives the world mm -hmm. uh, you can test your dog's memory all these cool things. So I encourage you to go out and get the book. Thank Great. you. Thank you. So oh, can much. I say one more thing? You can. Go, girl. Terrible. All right. We, uh, I, for the last four and a half years, we've been filming with a canine unit. And it's a show called Guardians of the Night. And it's on my Facebook mm -hmm. and on my YouTube channels. And it's my experience of working with these dogs and joining a canine unit. And experiencing what they experience every day wow it is really amazing completely uh no holes barred look at the police dog world and it's it's you know again addressing as well yeah that working dogs even working dogs can be humanely trained because yeah. in the united states 
It's yeah. Not. So I would ask you to go check that out, Guardians of the Night. I definitely want to check that out. In fact, I heard something about, did one of the dogs accidentally bite you or something? Oh, yeah. No, that was actually, it wasn't one of our dogs at all. Oh. It was, we were filming in Alabama and um, we were filming another course a dog training course there yeah and they were doing helicopter training oh. so I was just sitting inside the helicopter filming and uh what the handler um once the rotary blades went around you know to start the scene the handler what he should have done was muzzle his dog most dogs should be muzzled in helicopters yeah um, when they're doing that's kind of standard practice and he didn't Ooh. so of course when he sent his dog in to get in to the helicopter and then he climb in after the dog the dog who's done this many times always sees the helicopter as he's going to get a bite at the end of it. Mm -hmm. So he just oh, saw that he was going to get a bite to begin with. So he came in and he bit my leg and that was, that happened actually a year ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, I now know what it's like to be a dog bite victim. And it was a very severe bite. And it took oh. a long time to get over it. If you think about it, you know, this is a Malinois that is trained to bite down and bite very hard. Yeah. And I wasn't wearing any, uh, any sleeve or anything or any protective. Oh. So he really killed my leg practically. Yeah. And um, yeah, and but I had great surgeons and uh, I now, because I do a lot of work with dog bite victims and I do a lot of work with dog bite prevention and also forensic dog bite investigations, I now can sympathize and empathize with those children especially and adults, but children especially when they've been severely mauled or bitten. So. Going through that, was it a terrible bite to get? Yes, it was. Mm -hmm. Is it was it traumatic? Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. But I'm telling you, in a very weird way, I don't want to have it any different. Because mm -hmm. now I know. Now yeah. I can sympathize with those kids who've been mauled or hurt. Yeah. I can say, yeah, I know what it's like. I get you. So my uh, the, the wounds, the scars are healing beautifully, but mm -hmm. that's that. But those weren't my guys. My guys weren't there. So until later and then when they were called and realized so when I'm training with my guys they are very very we are very very careful yeah. yeah and just one last question about that so emotionally I would imagine very traumatizing like you said mm -hmm. did that cause you to feel afraid of dogs at all after no. that experience no not at all Absolutely. The, the dog that bit me was just doing his job. Yeah. It was the handler, unfortunately. A, I was in a confined space. So, yeah. you know, I trusted the handler. But and so that was my fault. But um, the handler was at fault, too. So yeah. the handler should have realized that his dog should have been muzzled in the helicopter or realized that his dog had the, the capability. And subsequently, the, the dog is now with a different handler. Good. Um, and uh, yeah, so. So, you know, they could be blamed on both sides, but when you're filming with Kana, so I'm more careful now, but no, absolutely not. You know, the next week I was back filming with our police dog. So mm -hmm. there's, there's, there's no, no way. Yeah. Um, and uh, I support our law enforcement and I support our canine units. Mm -hmm. And so even though I'm working now with, again, this is, goes back to your first question. I'm working with police now that have prong collars and shock collars and stuff. My guys don't anymore. Yeah. And they never had shock in the first place, but they did have prongs, but they don't anymore. Um, but going in there, all guns blazing in is not going to help. Uh -huh. You just, you got to, they got to see how it works. So yeah. I've gone a lot, gained a lot from being with them. They've gained a lot from being with me. So just check it out. And yeah. it's a series. You have eight episodes. It sounds amazing. It's amazing. 
It is. It is. I'm proud of it. (laughs) Thank you, darling, so much for your time and energy today. I really appreciate you. Thanks for having me. Okay. Have a great day. Thank you. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Hi, pet business owners. I hope you enjoyed that segment with Victoria Stowell. And I just want to remind you, her website is Positively.com. So you can find out information about her dog training academy, her books, and just everything about Victoria Stowell is on that website. So I want to encourage you to check it out. And I also want to remind you that the monthly webinar is starting tonight and it is how to start and run a pet sitting and dog walking business. And you can find out more in the show notes. You can also visit the webinar and workshop page. And what you might not know is that every month I do a webinar on something related to the business of running a pet business. And so tonight it's how to start and run a pet business. Next month is how to hire and train a manager in your pet business. That's something that I had to do a number of times. And when I sold my business, I had four managers. And I also have a number of other webinars coming up. And I also want to remind you that I also have the 30-day Pet Sitting and Dog Walking Business Challenge. You'll find out all the information about that as well as testimonials in the show notes page. So I'm going to give you that one more time. It is prosperouspetbusiness.com slash podcast 63. That is prosperouspetbusiness.com slash podcast 63, the number 63. And I want to thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I want to thank you also very, very much for your reviews. I know I've um, received a few recent reviews from you guys, and it means so much to me. If you feel inspired, I would love it if you would leave a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to the podcast. It can be a little tricky to find out how to do that on iTunes. So just quickly, how you can write a review is to go to the search button on your podcast app if you have iTunes. And you can simply type in Prosperous Pet Business in there and it'll pop up and then just click it. Scroll down and you'll see write a review and then you write a review. (laughs) So it's simple, but not always easy to try to figure out how to do it. So there you go. Thank you so much for listening. I'm so happy to be podcasting regularly again. It feels so good to be connecting with you on a regular weekly basis. So I wish you a beautiful week and a beautiful day. I hope you have a wonderful time, whatever you're doing with those pets today. Take good care. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Prosperous Pet Business Podcast. It would be great if you would take a moment to write a quick review on iTunes. For any questions, comments, or pet business coaching topics you would like to hear on future podcasts, please visit us at www.prosperouspetbusiness.com or www.sixfigurepetbusinessacademy.com.